Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We've got a beautiful episode of the Primal Podcast lined up for you. Today, I am joined by Mr. Andy Myers of the Movement Studio in Terranure. Movement is literally what we were designed to do, and it plays a huge role in so many aspects of our lives. So it's not surprising, given our increasingly sedentary working lives, that we're seeing a huge increase in the number of people looking for ways to reintroduce movement into their daily routines. Now, we all know that we need to move more, but when many of us think about trying to add an exercise regime into our schedules, usually the first thing we think of is joining the local gym and going down twice a week to sweat out our demons and make up for that extra slice of tiramisu. But as Andy explains in this episode, we don't have to limit ourselves to the traditional structure of just banging out sets and reps to be able to enjoy the many benefits of moving our bodies. Over many years and combining many different disciplines, he has created a framework and a community around moving your body that encompasses gymnastic movements, weightlifting, mobility, and much, much more. And he's created an environment with his team in his studio where you can learn how to move your body the way you want it, in a format that's welcoming, accessible, and fueled by his other passion, some seriously sensational coffee. I really enjoyed chatting with Andy, and don't let his soft-spoken nature fool you. Check out his Instagram, and you'll see how much of a beast he actually is. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to our shared journey to find the answers to questions about health, wellness, nutrition, performance, life, and success, and to craft the most resilient, hardy, and happy humans you've ever seen. Welcome to the Primal Podcast. Mr. Andy Myers. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to the Primal Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for coming. Uh, so we're into season two of the Primal Podcast now, and for months we've been back and forth. Um, this is the first time we've met, but I have been quite excited about getting you on. Actually, Brian O'Loughlin, shout out to Brian, yep. who recommended you to me in the first place. Um, and what I always do at the start of these podcasts is to give a little bit of context to people so they understand the conversation we're going to have. So I'm going to ask you if there's a bit of background, um, but why I wanted to talk to you specifically is this word movement again. We're going to talk a lot about movement today. We're going to get into strength and, and all that kind of stuff and individuality and training and that, but it's all going to be focused around movement. Um, and I know I said this to Brian as well. He's Brian Movement 101. He's the movement guy. Yeah. People probably know you as the movement guy, the handstand guy. And actually, you're, you're wearing a lovely, lovely top there today, handstands and coffee. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of kind of, oh, it's the movement guy, it's the handstand guy. But there's real, real power, in my opinion, to this kind of thing, to movement. And to, to do, I, I told you, I'm going to ask you, I want to understand handstands. I want to understand movement because I've experienced in my life massive benefits and effects of understanding movement and individuality and looking to eat up portal and all that kind of stuff. But before we dive into it, would you mind giving us a little bit of introduction to who Andy Myers is yeah. and your background and how you got to the movement studio today, how you got to where you are in your business and your setup and who you are? Cool. Um, thanks for having me on, first of all. I'm honoured. Um, and thanks to Brian for the shout out too. Um, so yeah, for me, I worked in my family business for 10 years after school. I had no real idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, no necessary guidance, just that 10 years just went phew, like a flash of light and I was like, oh my God, like crazy. So it turned out my dad was selling the business um, and we got bought over by a bigger company. Um, so we all kind of transitioned to working for that company, hated it, had a horrible experience. Um, coming from a family business where you do a little bit of everything, you know, that, that becomes yeah. the person you are and that's who my dad is and, you know, everything from your cutting sandpaper one minute to delivering the next minute to doing accounts like after that and hauling 50 kilos of nails, whatever it is, you just get good at everything and you, you learn to kind of just be good at everything basically and use a bit of cop on. 
to then go into a very systemized, bigger business where stuff's in place and it's just like, but we did it this way. And I was like, but we have a system and you yeah. have to go through five people to do one thing and all that sort of stuff. It was um, an interesting time in life anyway, moving to that um, thing and just some personal experiences around the same time as well. It was just like, all of this is not for me. It's really not for me. So I left that job. Uh, the day I left was amazing. Like got a redundancy off that and it was like literally in the moment I was like, I think I'll take your redundancy. They're like, okay, shake up the hand and you're gone. I'm like, oh, that's it. There's no <laughs> notice period or something. And my shoulders just, they just dropped. And I was like, cool. And I knew I didn't want to go back to doing something uh, that I didn't want to do ever again. And that in and of itself, it wasn't like this big statement in the mirror I made, but it was just a really powerful moment where I could acknowledge like, why would I do something that makes me unhappy and that, that doesn't lead me to be the person I want to be? And um, so into that, I got into, I'd been training in the gym a lot and all that and was doing kickboxing, went from light contact martial arts into full um, like K1 style stuff, um, kickboxing, boxing, just stand up martial arts, basically. So I was training that and I was kind of leaning into coaching that as well as my coach back then, Aiden, may you rest in peace. Um, let me kind of take over the reins a little bit as that grew. So that was a huge focus of mine is like, fuck I'm just gonna stay off work and you know maybe I'll be able to box in the Olympics if I stick with this like I was really heavily ingrained in that I was watching Mayweather's whole career and Pacquiao's whole career on DVDs at night time just really like taking the time to not be pressured into getting another job because I didn't know what I wanted to do and just diving into to that practice basically martial arts practice and training and just going out to like Glenda Lock and spending time doing quality stuff again not rushing what's next because I was doing that so much and um, people in the gym would have said to me like would you not go and be a personal trainer it's like you're obviously really really into all this sort of stuff. and I was super shy back then like I hit puberty late as a teenager like there's a lot of developmental years that are just really stunted so for me like just that there was a, a real delay on me growing as a person so real shy uh, confidence with things is very good but self-esteem was probably true that, like on the floor yeah. so that was kind of um, and what me, age were you around this time? Uh, 24 okay. 24-ish, maybe 24, yeah, about yeah. that, yeah. Um, so yeah, so really late developer. Um, but again, confident when when given something to do, but just self-esteem-wise to, to step into that space, okay. maybe maybe I needed a, a little nudge. Um, so anyway, went into that and got qualified. Um, so joined the course in October. Did I go to Barcelona before then? I went to Barcelona to live for eight days. Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was kind of half swayed by my brother at the time to, to get away and, you know, just do something different or whatever. Um, half by choice, probably swayed more than that. But um, I, I realised quick enough when I got to Barcelona, um, like end up in floods of tears and I'd broken up with a girl just before that and just loads of stuff. I, I came off a motorbike as well. Did so you, with yeah. the redundancy money, I bought a 600cc Ninja. Oh yeah, the Kawasaki's. I'd never even owned a moped. In lime green, was it? <laughs> no, it was uh, Sorry, it was orange and I got sprayed white after the accident. <laughs> So yeah, there was an accident, um, but I, yeah, I got a 600cc Ninja, had to buy it restricted because I had no previous experience or whatever, took the restrictor off because, yeah. you know, you're young and stupid. Amen, brother. Yeah, and I, I remember, like, I was coming off from kickboxing training one night, and I looked down at the bike, and I was like, right, let's see what you can do, and it's like the bike looked back at me and said, you want to see what I can do, <laughs> grand, and I, I went in the, bus, um, in the bus lane on a road where I live that I was sure in my mind was straight, and the road goes like that, and put the boot down, I was like, I felt like a, a level of torque and speed I've never felt in my life, and before I knew it turn, boom, just yeah. bike 100 yards up the path and me rolled, cracked my head off the wall. Um, I luckily only got away with a broken tongue, which I never actually got fixed and a scar in my knee, like blessed. But when they say your life flashes before your eyes, it's true. And the, the horriblest moment is when you realise, I think football popped up in my head. I was like, and I remember just saying the words, I'm sorry. And I don't know who I said sorry to, but it was just that real, I've done nothing with my life. 
Yeah. So I was like, okay, Grant, something needs to change. Yeah, yeah. So I think Barcelona happened after that. Um, and then I came back after eight days because I realized how important my family and friends were to me um, above anything. So I'm like, I'm very much a people's person. I love people. I love energy. I love community, tribe. You're getting a picture of yeah, who I am, who I am. Yeah. Um, so that was great and a really good lesson. And people were like, stay, give it time. I was like, no, like, it's actually grand. Like, I'm really comfortable and I'll be embarrassed and my mates will slag me and they still do to this day. Fuckers. Um, but it was super important. One, to go and two, to come back. Yeah. And I remember again, Aiden, um, Aiden Brooks, my trainer at the time, really good friend of mine, may he rest in peace. He passed away two and a bit years ago. Um, he was the person I texted. It was just like somebody who wasn't my, my immediate family, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So he's like, if you need to come home, come home. And it turns out he did something similar a few years ago. He was in the Canaries or something. Um, so pivotal to come home um, to feel like it was the right decision to make and to jump straight back into training and take all the leggings and all that sort of stuff, but just to feel home. It's like, from here, I can move forward again, which is great. Um, so that October, so that was summertime, I think it was August, um, maybe a bit sooner. Uh, October, signed up for the course, uh, qualified by February, I think it was the border. So one of those really long comprehensive courses. <laughs> Basically the, the NTC course. Oh, yeah, yeah um, okay, yeah. And became a qualified trainer. And from there then, it's like, okay, what do I do? Um, my brother back then had set up his own business. And one of those really low barrier to entries, it's actually really easy to set up a business over here. It's like 20 quid with the CRO. So yeah. like, cool, I'll become a business owner. So I did end up doing boot camps for other people here and there and traveling all over the shop, um, training in kickboxing gyms, like we were chatting about before. Um, and that was just all me kind of cutting my teeth and being really humble and like making feck all money, spending most of it on petrol because I was in Ashburn, I was in Klonski, I was in Prosperous in Kildare. Um, like I was all over the shop. I think I spent four hours in the car each Thursday. Like it was like not something that was sustainable, but that wasn't the aim. Um, so anyway, lots and lots of experience, kickboxing, fighting, training, coaching, uh, strength and conditioning, boot camp style stuff, uh, one-to-ones in people's homes. Um, just lots and lots of hours racked up, teaching in schools, the whole shebangs. Uh, and then the opportunity came to get my own place via Aiden again, his guardian angel, um, in Terenure. And so that, that that was AM Fitness back then. And where are we from there? So it was around that time I was chatting to you about when we were in that gym in Ashbourne when I was doing strength and conditioning <laughs> with TRXs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, naive or what? Um, that one of the lads in the, the group had an injury um, in his shoulder. He's like, I've got a niggle here. I don't know what to do about it. And I'm looking at him like, I'm... I'm literally just qualified, like uh, I'm su- probably supposed to know this, but they never taught me this. Um, and then one of the other lads, Carla Kelly, was like, ah, oh, grab this kettlebell, do this floss and move or whatever like that. I'm like, how do you know that? And I only know this and you've just qualified because we've been chatting. And I was like, oh, I went out to a place which was, it's Elite Now, Elite um, Fitness Performance Academy. Yeah. Sean McGarry and Jason Kane. Um, and I was like, cool, all right, grand. Really humbled, really upset with myself for not knowing, even though it wasn't necessarily my fault. Um, so I got on straight away, which is, again, it's been the story ever since. It's like, you don't know something, figure it out. If that's the person you want to be, to be able to help people. And, and it hasn't changed to this day. Like, I'll spend the last 50 euro on my account to go and do that thing if that thing makes sense. Um, so I went out and when I met Sean, he's like, oh yeah, next course coming up is um, Tony Riddle and Ben Meadow are coming for the Fundamentals of Human Movement. It's like, don't know what it is, but I like the sound of it. And uh, like, Sean could sell anything anyway. He's like, yeah, come on. Like, you basically sold from the moment you say hello to him. <laughs> uh, so that was coming super quick, like two or three weeks later. Got to meet Tony Riddle, who's now the natural lifestylist on Instagram, and Ben Metter, who's Ben Metter, <laughs> uh, Ben Metter Coaching. And, like, going from that thing of, like, I learned, like, um, bench press and, um, you know, dumbbell curls sets and all this, and in reps, college, sets and reps. School, yeah. 
So, and, and I understand that in college, like to a degree, they have to be able to teach that um, yeah. to a lot of people, but it doesn't make it the right thing to do. Um, which obviously left me feeling kind of shortchanged a little bit because you're out there preaching to people, I'm fully qualified trainer, Ooh, what, what can I help you with? It's like, well, apparently not much. Um, so when I met Tony and Ben, we were like parkour, we were talking about the boxing timing and rhythm and stance and moving, um, keeping your head off the centre line and um, locomotion, um, just did all of the fundamentals based around like Erwin LaCour's moving that stuff, uh, a lot of the parkour stuff. Uh, Tony was a running coach back then as well, so he was focusing on the pose method of running. Um, he had been to Dr. Lieberman, who was a biomechanist, yeah. specialist and all yeah. that. So he's done the whole shebangs. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, movement. Ah, we've broken out of the sets and reps box and we're actually looking at people and how they're supposed to move. It was the tip of the iceberg, like looking at it now, but but back then it just blew my whole world open. Um, what a long intro, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, this is, this is what the people are here for. Um in that then, so at the end of the weekend, Ben was chatting and stuff, and I really connected with the lads, like I love them. And Ben was saying, like, you've got Coach Summer here with gymnastic bodies, if you want to research stuff when you leave, because I was just like, give me more, give me more. And he's like, there's a dude called Ido Portal. <laughs> uh, that's my best impersonation, Ben. And I was like, how do I spell it? Cool. Uh, a couple of other things. And I went home that night, and like I was saying to you, I, I googled Ido Portal, like on I YouTube or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I saw the self-dominance video, and I was like, oh my God. Like, it was just, again, to just on top of that weekend already when I was just freshly blown open and absorbing everything I was like what's this like it's just unreal it's yeah. expression like it's 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 an expression of fitness it's an expression of strength it's it's just expression yeah. and that's missing when it's like sets and reps and all that and coming from the gym background where I was in a commercial gym where the kickboxing room was attached to bodybuilders mirrors everywhere people not talking, headphones on the gym, on the treadmill and stuff. And for somebody who needed connection, like I, I'd go to the gym looking back now because I was lonely. Like that was my, my parents got me the present to go to the gym because I just had no, again, like, you know, a late developer. Yeah. I fell out with a couple of my friends before then as well and stubborn all me. I was like, okay. fuck them. Like, so you ended know. up isolated, yeah. So I ended up quite isolated. Um, so again, it became a large part of my story. Then I was like, people are important. Um, so going from that gym where it's just, and there's nothing wrong with bicep curls and there's nothing wrong with bodybuilding. And, and like, I'm, I'm so over even referencing that as potentially being a negative but when you can tie stuff into the bigger picture of people movement uh, biopsychosocial stuff which I'm sure we can chat yeah. a, bit, a bit more and I know Dahi O'Quinn was talking about the, just the bigger picture the bigger picture like, don't be in front of the mirror doing shit when you're not serving like your social needs or you know whatever it may be yeah. you know, stop hiding behind the barbell people yeah. can hide behind being busy just you know trying to bring out the person a bit more so a huge impact on what, what made me realise okay that's not fulfilling that I see we have connection, we've touch here. So like a lot of a lot of games and interplay with each other and stuff like that and just learn how to manipulate someone else's body and they're doing you. And you know, you get that fluid sense of strength where you can kind of harmonize with somebody and yeah, you know uh, immortal games as Ida would say, you know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, just yeah. just even that, like getting the hair standing up on my neck now, just <laughs> thinking about it because it's touch is so important. Like it's just so important. Um so so yeah, discovering that. Um, based off the foundation I have and just realising, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting somewhere, I know what this is, my soul just really attached to it. Um, and then, where did that put us? So, we're in Terran, you're in the gym, AM Fitness, and I'm still doing boot camps elsewhere, and Tony Riddle actually said at the time, was like, now that you've got a place, mate, you put your energy in there. <laughs> <laughs> really bad impersonation. Um, but just put your energy into that place. And it was a scary thing to do, to let go of what little money I was earning, to then think, I have to try and grow something here. Yeah. No business experience, no nothing. All the passion in the world. Um, essentially, not a clue what I was doing, but but just the trust and belief that, uh, like, we can figure this out. And um, so ever since then, it's it's 
like literally from day one, it's been a very personal project, personal journey, growing myself via all the members in the studio. So getting to know other people and um, being very open to learn about other people because I, I, I would have missed that when I was isolated from my friends and stuff like, you know, just just missing different personality types and having very little life experience because of it. And um, so growing a tribe and and it's so reciprocal. I always say to people like if you're a member here or if people who have been here for a while, I'm like, I get three times what you think you get out of me or this place. Like I'm, I'm getting so much from you. It's unbelievable. I've got a place I can turn up to any day of the week and I'm taking in all of the energy that's happening here. So it's it's, it's such a reciprocal thing. Um, so that personal project was me developing as a person, developing as a coach, um, as a friend, uh, learning my trade or my craft. It's, to this day, it still hasn't changed. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, as things evolved um, and everything else in between that, I'm sure as the stories will kind of get to. They'll, they'll come out, yeah. And that, that has brought you to today, which is the Movement Studio now, which yeah. is what it's called now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, brilliant. It's, it's, I, like, listen to these stories for me. And again, this, this is going to sound like me banging an old drum here. But the reason I do this is because my journey... I didn't do any of the things you did, but it sounds really similar. And the more people I talk to, the more people have gone through some style of this uh, realization. So you go to college or you do a course or you have some sort of kind of education or training at the start. And that's what you were then. Mm. I am a accountant, PT, whatever. And you think that's the only way of doing things. But you know in the back of your mind, because I knew when I left college, I I know there's more to this. Because I was taught a certain thing, which was great, great foundational information. And as you said, they have to teach you that. I used to kind of, I said this a few times, but I'm, I'm coming around to thinking they have to teach you something. So they give you the, the kind of the basics, the real, real basics. But yeah. most people think, right, I've done it. So now I have it. So that, that is it. And that's them for the rest of their lives. But when I knew when I left college and what you seem to know as well coming through your journey was mm-hmm. that's just the tip of the iceberg here and it's my job now to springboard off those basics and find the stuff that I want to find and incorporate that and as I call it the toolbox and we talked about either portals kind of ethos of taking different bits from everything the bits that you like or resonate with you take that mm-hmm. and take that skill or that energy or that knowledge and make it your own and improve whatever it is that you're doing so like I'm doing this now this podcast studio I'm bringing clients in I'm coaching you're doing your own form of coaching but what you're really doing is you're learning because that's what I'm doing mm-hmm. as well and you just said it there you're, you're you get energy from every interaction you have and so do I and I'm learning about running a business and about about having conversations and about building a community and building a tribe and why I find this interesting is because most of us most people I talk to anyway we all come back to that same point we want a tribe mm-hmm. we want to contribute we want somewhere to belong we want to know what our purpose is and people like you and now people like me because now I'm on this journey but you're, you're a little bit further ahead in the journey and all the people that I seem to kind of now bring in and chat and stuff like that they're actively looking to find their place in that tribe. And I think I mentioned sea swimming sometimes before. There's a load of people who maybe aren't on this business or self-growth journey that have gone sea swimming. Handstands and coffee. They're coming down and they want to do handstands, kettlebell classes, uh, meetups and music in the park and stuff like that. People are looking Mm -hmm. for ways of finding out more that they're, they're, it's outside the traditional training or, or their identity as a as an accountant or as a what, whatever it is that you train trained on. So mm-hmm. I, find, I find it really interesting listening to your story there. I find so many similarities to myself and so many other people. Um, but let's kind of start 
teasing this out a little bit because that's your story and that's my story. But what 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 are people going to get from our conversation here? What I want to ask you really is movement for you is kind of a, a manifestation of your own personal journey and growth. And it kind of for me, it's the easiest one for people to understand mm-hmm. starting some sort of movement journey. This sets and reps thing. Maybe we'll use that to represent the very, very basics. It's important foundation and knowledge, but most people get stuck there forever. Most people listening now go to the gym. How many sets and reps am I doing, Andy? You, maybe not Andy, because you don't tell them sets and reps, maybe not necessarily anymore. Well, but we do. You do, you <laughs> yeah. do, but you incorporate it into your, your <laughs> yeah. bigger program. How many sets and reps am I doing? That's my program. And most of those people, I feel very confident saying, don't have the foundation and knowledge of movement or how their own body works or how their body is going to respond to three sets of 12 compared to how John's body is going to respond mm-hmm. to three sets of 12. Um, so understanding that person and who they are and what they want is probably a good starting place, would you agree, for trying to figure out what that person needs in terms of sets and reps, but even deeper movement or yeah. appreciation for their own body. Is that kind of how you kind of would interact with new clients and, and, and people yeah. who are listening now who maybe want to kind of, oh, this sounds interesting. Yeah. What the hell are they talking about? Yeah. What does that look like practically? So to go from the building side, let's say it's the movement studio, not, not me as a person just yet. It's, let's say the place was a restaurant and the... The thing we do within the week is the menu, right? That's the yeah. framework. Yeah. So the restaurant is an Italian restaurant. You know what you're going into. That's the, the overall framework. On a Monday, it's lower body and you have a choice of strength and conditioning or body weight mobility stuff. So sets and reps, quite straightforward. Uh, and all the skills that come with learning how to deadlift well and all that sort of stuff. It's training. Yeah. Right. So it's it's learning how to train. And in the other side of the studio, we've got mobility, um, which is a lot more nuanced, a lot based more based around... Um, hip flexion, extension, rotation, that, like all the little nuances around stuff. And we might use front splits as a an anchor or a visual just to say the synergy between the hips, extension here, lengthen the hamstring, like having something, you'll always kind of, it's the reason we would use a skill like a chin-up or a handstand or so. It can offer you something. Yeah, so so that's kind of the, okay, the yeah. framework within the day is like you have a couple of options. You have very, very training-based session um, or very much about strengthening in a training context how you move as a human. And it'll always come back to that and we'll guide people into what we believe they should do anyway. But we'll never steer somebody away from getting the stimulus they want as well, which is fulfilling all those needs. Somebody just wants to come in and sweat. We'll make sure they're doing it safely and gradually educate the person into, you know, I mean, we've, we have an intro of a, a trial week. That's our intro process. Okay. Four classes in one week, 30 euro, um, not pitch. But a really, great good, value. A, a really good filter. Thank you. <laughs> pitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A really good intro for us takes out sales because I hate sales. Yeah. Been through all the ad copyright and all the you know the fitness industry is horrible for yeah. all that stuff. It's horrible, and we'll get back to kind of um, ethics and principles or what we do, uh, how we do what we do. But I'm like, what don't I like about this? And that's the whole process. I don't like sales. I don't like tricking somebody into joining, even though you know for well you're going to look after the person if they join. I'd still rather be very upfront about things. So what's the best thing we do? Not try and sell you in one class, which is only a snapshot of the week anyway, and yeah. um, give you a week. Um, to see the classes, the coaches, the fellow members, the culture. You're going to feel it. If you do, great. If you don't, don't. Um, we'll get a week's worth of knowledge on the person. Yeah. No pressure. And we're not asking for a sales pitch. Like, do you have fun? Do you want to join? If not, no, grand. And can we help you if you're going somewhere else? Like, what are you looking for? Yeah. So anyway, in that week, we get to introduce that framework. We get to meet the person um, and steer them to what they kind of need and sprinkle in a little bit of okay, this, but that, that, and you're extracting who the person is, personality-wise, what they like, what their body language is like, how they like to be spoken to, how they don't. If you should kind of perturb and poke and find out a little bit more about them or if they're the type of person, like, oh, we'll give them a few months before we start, like, okay. really, like, triggering them, um, which is important as well. It's <laughs> getting all this, the things out. 
it's a professionally informal approach. That's what, nobody's trademarked that yet. Please don't. <laughs> uh, but but that's the pro the approach I've had since day one. It's to be professionally informal, and that's that's the that's the little in between these spaces. Like you know, it's it's yes, you're formal. Which again, you could look at sets and reps as being formal. You could look at hi, I'm Andy. It's being formal, but it's like come on, like if we can relax and have a bit of crack, which is the setting you've kind of have here. Yeah, that's professionally informal, and it's really cool because that's where the magic happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, so I don't want to interrupt you here, on. but just just to put cont- or put shape on that for people who may not kind of still be twigging what we're getting at here. It's the difference, I think, between me coming in and Mary coming in and you saying, right, two people, here's the program. Yeah. Or me and Mary coming in and you saying, right, I'm going to get to know these people because, number one, they have to be treated differently to get the best results. But number two, they're going to have to do different things to get the best results as well. So yeah. it's not just, I can't just give them both the blueprint. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's that's what I'm getting from that. And I, I think that's what I just wanted to make sure people understand. Yeah, sorry. The, no, no, that's not your fault because <laughs> I, 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 I was processing this stuff as well. But for me, that's the big takeaway with all of this stuff is it's not just you're going to be sound, but you're mm-hmm. still going to give me and Mary the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, most of the stuff is going to be fairly similar because we're all human beings, yeah. but there re- really are nuances when it comes to, especially training, things like training and nutrition and stuff like that. Something that works for me just won't work for Mary. Mm-hmm. I just want to like doing something, which means I won't do it, which means I won't improve, and Mary will. So I, I love that approach. And it's kind of what I saw as soon as I logged onto your social. That's what I, I felt straight away. I was like, this guy's talking to me, mm-hmm. not just everybody. Like, um, yeah. But sorry, I didn't want to cut you off there. I just wanted to... No, great. Sure yeah, because I'll go on a ramble anyway. Yeah. So, But yeah, you know you know yourself, like if... So we'll write pull on a Wednesday for upper body and push. Because in that, it's like, I'm not going to tell you to do a chin up and it doesn't have to be this way or this way or that way or that way. It's like, what do you need? So, you know, there's like, eight, there could be loads of variations, but let's say there's eight primary variations of pull in the family yes. from a ring row, horizontal to, you know, all the way up to chin ups and yeah. scat pulls and all that sort of stuff. So if in principle, and this is where we're talking about frameworks, it's a big restaurant. That's the framework. It's lower body day. That's the framework. And we're doing single leg stuff. That's the framework for that. Yes. Who's the person? Who's the person? Who's the person? Okay. What do you need? Right. So... If it's a chin up, it's like, okay, have you got scap control, uh, grip endurance? Um, can you do eight to 12 reps, you know, whether, or have you got a background of training where I can just see you do your chin up and show me what's happening? Yeah. So that's every single spectrum. All our coaches are just geared to be like, you're coaching in this section. Yes. It's chin ups every second minute on the minute for 10 minutes. It's not set, like it sets and reps for them, but Mary might do five, Johnny might do two, whatever. You're coaching. Okay, so the yeah. art of coaching is always, always, always present. And we don't let it get in the way of a good sweat and a good workout because the work always comes first. But like the eye is always on the person because you know yourself, like the variability between, let's just say me versus you, uh, me having no sleep last night versus you, uh, okay. me going through shit time versus you, uh, me having the best day of my life versus, like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. who I am changes day to day. Anyway, yeah, who you change. So you come in and it's like, okay, well I did like um, five reps at this and it was like, five second negatives it still may not be the case to next week after um, so within that we're educating people because they have to take a responsibility and creating a sense of autonomy around them understanding their own body in the context of movement but in the context of training it's like if, if people aren't taking ownership we're not like we don't want people in just to be like tell me what to, get, to do and I'll go home like, yeah. we don't get to know you like that you don't get to know us like that but it doesn't work Longevity wise, we're all about sustainability and longevity yeah. um, so you want, to, you want the person to get that sense of achievement themselves and all the best coaches like Kirsty, one of the coaches in our gym has become a life coach and it's such a oh, term like you know but when you talk to her you know and I've got business coaching from um, she's pole girl on Instagram I think it's four hours uh, Catherine okay. yeah Catherine White she's amazing um, I'm actually going through a couple's counselling with my partner at the moment as well right wow, so you okay, get all, all these spectrum of coaches you're realising that they're able to hold space guide you to where you want to go not necessarily give you the answers because in our place it would be like 
the number one answer I learned is from Emily Louis is, is always like it depends. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. and in week in that trial week, if somebody doesn't like that approach, grant it's not for you, it's fine. But if somebody does and they're like, why can't they do this? And like, well, it depends. And then we'll have let's have a look. Yeah. You know, if it's a lunge, it's like big toe extension, uh, hip flexion, hip extension, pelvic movement, whatever it may be. It always depends. So let's have a closer look. Yeah. Um. I lost my train of thought a little bit here. <laughs> oh, well, sorry, coaching. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so yeah. the art of coaching, like that is just fundamental for me. Yeah. And um, yeah, that basically that's kind of where we're at. So frameworks. That phrase, <laughs> that phrase, it depends. I love that yeah. you said that because I was actually going to say it if you hadn't said it because mm-hmm. that like w- w- with the functional medicine stuff that we used to, I used to do um, in the clinic and we talk, I talk about a lot of people, most people say the same thing when I asked them like, well, well what about like nutrition for, and you know, it depends. Mm. And I used to hate that phrase because I just gave me the answer. <laughs> I just want the answer now but then I realised that's just what we all want nowadays. We want the easy answer. want the pill. Yeah. What I saw want the pill was people coming in who went well who just wanted the doctor to take care them mm-hmm. and to be absolutely fair to the doctors the knowledge is amazing but there's absolutely no way in 10 minutes that i can learn enough about you to give you something that's going to make you better exactly because realistically it's your lifestyle M- nowadays most of our illnesses mm. are lifestyles uh, nowadays most of our movement issue is life uh, lifestyle based mm-hmm. i would i would probably say yeah. um so it depends on who you are what you do what you eat like you said did you sleep well what like what's your tw- did you fall off a motorbike that you shouldn't have been on <laughs> 10 years ago like, like it's just so many things that make up each individual person that doesn't make up the person beside them mm-hmm. it totally depends yeah. but people hate that so like I, even when sometimes when you're listening to a podcast like this when you said it depends then I'm sure someone ah oh, fuck I hope he was going to give me the answer there thought there, was a, there is no answer yeah. it does depend but the lovely thing about that is once you embrace that and start to explore that it's work it's hard work mm-hmm. like uh, from a training point of view again this is a nice way to illustrate it it is hard work if you can't do the splits to do the splits hmm. it's time and effort and consistency and training and coaching and understanding and you're going to have setbacks and you're going to have good days and bad so that's one thing it's hard to do the splits yeah. I can't give you the answer I'll do it for five minutes every day and you're going to do a split yeah. it doesn't work like that so I love that phrase it depends it, it, it really really uh, it resonates with me now and I used to hate it and I know a lot of people now maybe listen to this they probably hate that term. Oh, it depends hmm. like they want a black and white answer but like think about that for a minute it depends it does depend depends mm-hmm. on you and when you kind of absorb that and accept that, if you kind of look at this, it's scary in one way, you have so much potential, but like that's really positive. Yeah. It's terrifying to think about how much potential you have and you haven't met it yet, but that's a positive thing. It means you can go anywhere, you can be, you can do the splits if I want to do the splits. Yeah. Um, speaking of specific skills, handstands. Yeah. So hand, a lot of people, not in, maybe now it's an Instagram thing, we see a lot of people doing the handstand on the beach and doing the handstand mm. on the rock and doing the handstand on, on the mountain or whatever like that. But what is it about handstands? Because I want to do a handstand yeah. and I'm always trying to do handstands and people are like, what's your, what's your man doing? Like down in training sometimes we're trying to do a handstand the lads are like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. It seems, you see kids doing handstands. Does a draw, why do people want to do handstands? Yeah. Why do I want to do handstands? Can you answer me that question? Primal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's primal. If yeah. kids are doing it like instinctively, it's yeah. a really good sign. I know, um, even fighting monkey looking at them, they're like the people to learn from are really, really young kids and really, really old people. Young kids have no filter. Like yeah. they don't, they've no, they've nothing kind of uh, tearing their experience or anything like that. They're just doing, they're just being human. What do they do? They right? eat, sleep, and move. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. They play, they interact, they're curious, yeah. they're all that. So it's a really good way to anchor yourself. And then old people have been there, seen it, done it all. Yeah. They're not going to give you the Atkins diet. They're not going to yeah, like, you know, fact, tell you yeah. tr- uh, three sets of 10 or <laughs> whatever it may be. Like, you know, really really useful to listen to that 
Um, so with handstands, I owe a really dear friend of mine, Phil Taylor, I owe him a lot of credit for a lot of the stuff you were talking about, Edo kind of, yeah. which basically was Bruce Lee's Jeet Kune Do of like, take what's useful, discard what's useless. Yeah. Phil actually gave me Bruce Lee's book back in the day and we've done a lot of like grip training and you know specific Bruce Lee stuff and all that. And Phil actually got me to handstands um, and he's six foot four, he's a sight <laughs> to behold when he does a handstand. Um, but a dear friend of mine, he was actually my, my start in that. And then we'd throw ourselves up, upside down in the, the studio outside the the commercial gym we were in like it would be quiet very often whatever and we'd be throwing ourselves upside down um, and I was like I actually really enjoyed this and then we both went to Copenhagen he didn't go to the course but I went to do Edo Portal's course there as well oh you've done Edo Portal's yeah I'll so I was there oh, seven years ago maybe something like that like yeah so that was and again it was really interesting because Tony Riddle and I don't think Ben was there at the time a couple of people from Ireland came anyway and Tony Riddle was over there so we all learned that so that stuff at the same time was really really cool Again, a real good paradigm shift. Um, but I learned the the line for handstands. And once I learned that, I got my 60 second handstand within like a month or so, if even like, I was yeah. like, oh, there's a process to this. Like, you don't yeah, just throw yeah, yourself yeah. up. Um, so I love it. It's playful, but for us on a deeper level, which hopefully will resonate with you as well, you can almost tell more when a person's upside down about their overhead range, uh, how they can move dynamically and in stillness and understand their own body and their relationship with gravity and a fear, approaching fear. Like, you know, I was like, oh my God, I've never done this before. How am I going to navigate being upside down? Yeah. And um, how to bring somebody from like barely being able to hold a plank to gradually having a really good proceed, uh, like a system around kind of bringing somebody upside down and getting them to overcome that as well. It just offers so much that, like Handstands of Coffee, I, I came up with that. That's Five, five and a bit years old, I think. Okay. I bought a coffee machine at the last, I don't even know how much money I had. I think the coffee machine in the grinder was 1800, second hand, a bit beat up. Um, but I got that. I was like, no, I'm, like Tim Ferriss had, had said before, um, scratch your own itch because the chances are that somebody else has that itch. So I was like, I love coffee. I was going into three of fee. I love that. Every, yeah. Um, so I was going into three of fee like every day and that was my like really good workspace and all that, real good creative space. Again, lots of time by myself as a sole trader back yeah, then, yeah. growing a business, hadn't got a clue what I was doing, so I'd go into where there was people. Surprise, surprise. And energy and really good coffee and all that. So um, so I was like, I don't want to keep spending money in here anymore. I'm going to buy my own coffee machine and people will come to me and I'll make coffee myself and I'll learn how to pour latte yeah. and whatever. Um, so I still kept going to cafes, but anyway. <laughs> so I bought the coffee machine, uh, we put it in and Hans Sands of Coffee was born quite shortly after that. Anthony Claffey, another dear, dear friend of mine, an amazing physio, which we can talk about if you want. Yeah. Um, he does an me motion, we'll get back to it. Uh, he's like, I was putting class on at like half six in the morning. I was kind of self-sabotaging it, back to the shyness and yeah. not like, will people turn up? He's like, put the class on. And so we put the class on and it became Handstands of Coffee. And it was, yeah, it's been a success ever since. Like we've a, a Tuesday course that sold out for five years. Handstands of Coffee has been on every Saturday for that time and always been like jam-packed. COVID safe now, but... Yeah, um, yeah, 100%, yeah. It just, it gets people... Okay, it's it's another way of retraining people's idea of what fitness is. Yeah. Right? So you get like a culture where it's like, take your time, have a coffee, have a chat. You're upside down, so you're going to be smiling and giggling anyway. You can't help it. Um, enjoy the fact that a skill process takes time. Enjoy the fact that it's probably going to highlight some mobility stuff, some capacity stuff. Uh, it's just you can't fast track it. So yeah, that was my yeah, way yeah. of finally understanding how to put my stamp on the fitness world, which you always wanted to kind of retrain how people thought about things. It's like handstands of coffee is that. It's about people. It's about a craft and a skill and uh, the science behind it, the art behind it, the grace, which you don't hear about in any gyms. 
had to be soft and strong, like fluidly strong, so that you're not even making noise when you hit the ground. Yeah. Stuff for still teaching. I'm covering the class now because Vincent's away. Um, I'm teaching the foundation course, and I just adore every single moment of it because I'm still teaching new people. Like that. That's what strength. Like strength is quiet. Yeah. Strength is not raw. Like yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. A, a really good way to educate people into. Those, those angles, like strength can go in straight lines and it can be like, bop, like deadlift up and down or you can have real grace and go through every angle of your hand when you kick up and you can make it so that you meet the floor and the only way is up for your body um, versus slamming down onto the floor. Yeah, so, so there's loads yeah, of yeah, ways yeah, of yeah. kind of, yeah, helping people see fitness and see lifestyle from a different way. Like, so handstands and coffee is, I love it so, so much. Like, um, yeah. There are so many things that popped into my head. I'm going to forget half of them now, so I'm <laughs> going gonna, gonna to try and reel these off. Uh, first of all, apologies, because I served this man. He's talking about his appreciation for coffee. I served him an espresso when he came in here. I had promised you a nice coffee, but uh, you brought me in a nice coffee. <laughs> um, the the grace thing, right? This is something I really... You don't have to drink it now. <laughs> it's real bad now. It's the drinking espresso. Um, mm. the, the grace... <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> You're on camera now. People can see your face. They can see the disgust. Uh, the... I had this thing in my head, right, when you watch people doing handstands, when I look at your Instagram page, for example, obviously everyone doing handstands there is trained by you. So there is that grace, there's a flow, there's that movement. They look like when I try and do a handstand, it's like I'm trying to grab the planet and force it above my head as opposed to actually <laughs> flow with it. It's, it's awful, awful to, to look at. So I look at someone doing a handstand who has obviously been trained and it's straight lines and it's flow and it's grace. Mm -hmm. The opposite image that pops into my head, who are, who are obviously animals as well. So look at the CrossFit games, right? And the guys with the way vests on doing a mm -hmm. handstand and, and going like 50 meters to handstand and it just looks brutish, but they're still able to stay upside down for the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. And they're obviously in incredible shape and all that kind of stuff. But there's two contrasting styles there of, of handstands. So it's funny, very interesting to... I, I've experienced actually recently and I haven't actually told Brian this to tell him later because I'm going to meet him but mm. um, Brian very kindly went through about a half an hour of just spinal segmentation and movement with me I have a little bit of issue in my hamstrings and he went through that with me and I came home from training I've been doing it for about a week only a week came home from training on Tuesday night I'm playing football 20 years now come home from training and uh, I was laughing and Jill my fiance was like what's, what's going on with you I was bouncing around the place I was like I feel like a gazelle I'm 33 Boom. I'm heavier than I've ever been but I feel like a gazelle. I was flowing. I was moving. I, was I felt real confident. And I was like, what have I done different? The only thing I've done different is add that little bit of movement practice. Mm -hmm. Now I do, I do the basic stuff. I do some stretching and a bit of foam. I don't even believe in it, but I just do it because I want to do some sort of movement every day. A bit of foam roll and a little bit of mobility work. Some of my either portal stuff, opening out the hips, sitting in deep squats and stuff like that. I've done that for a while and it's really helped. Okay. There's one new movement of segmenting and just yeah. understand like I had no control as well I was shaking and all that. I was like I know how to do cat cow this wasn't like that it yeah. was just slow controlled movement he coached me through it for half an hour I, and it was that word in my head I felt like a gazelle <laughs> I was moving so freely I felt light I felt like I was flowing through the air it was amazing for Deadly. me so that appreciation for if I need to if I'm going to do a handstand I'm going to have to kind of surrender to the fact that it's a, a slow controlled graceful movement mm. not a Bam, get it up, hold everything tight, lock it all in. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of the ethos that you would, would practice as well. Now, I see on your page as well, people doing mad heavy deadlifting mm -hmm. and, and real true strength. So real strength does come from an, un, an ability to move, realistically. Now, you can get real strong guys who can't really move very well. And the old cliche yeah. of our oh, bodybuilders, they're not <laughs> functional, they can't move. It's probably true because a lot of guys who just do, they know what they're doing. They're building massive mm -hmm. amounts of muscle and it's aesthetic. They don't need to move well necessarily. They just need to push through single planes of motion. Yeah. Fine. It's, it is what it is. Like and bodybuilders will admit that. And, you know, Juji Mufu, did you ever see yeah, that guy? Yeah. <laughs> He's the exception. There's a guy who's fucking 
250 pounds of pure muscle and he's doing the splits you've probably seen him do the splits with the barbell over his head on the chairs I'd say so I probably know that I'll put, put a link in the bio anyway to shout out the Judy Mufu <laughs> um, but apart from that you generally people tend to stereotype either you're graceful and you're fluid and you're mobile or you're super strong and, and fit and fast but actually what I find nowadays is most kind of elite people mm. in sport are embracing both and we mentioned Nito Portal, just in case anybody doesn't know who that is. You're probably familiar with him now because he was on board with our good friend Conor McGregor for a while. But that was a merge, a merging of a traditionally super massive, macho aggressive kind of straight line kind of sporting with movement. And he got a lot of stick for it. Mm -hmm. But immediately I saw Nito Portal is famous. <laughs> well, he was always famous. I was like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. Um, but they were playing with the noodles and they were flowing and standing on wires and catching tennis balls and he took a lot of took, took a lot of kind of fire mm -hmm. for it but that is that's important it's yeah. important so many people now have adopted that into their training have adopted movement yeah. um, how, how do you find that how do you find people responding to that mix of the match I want to come in and lift heavy mm -hmm. weights and you're going well we're going to move first then and they're like no no I just want to lift the fucking weights and we need to learn how to move first yeah. um, how, how do you find kind of dealing with that like uh, as I grow up so it'll be 40 in October it's 40 in October I don't look yeah. 40 thanks man um, it's extremely becomes I become more mature and I definitely fought the fight for movement as I was younger and you risk being too far on one side of things so anyway my point being as you grow up and you mature it's very important not to demonise any one thing Um very important not to get into, caught in the dogma and the thing about movement is like um, don't get caught in dogma either I say but people get caught in the movement dogma yeah and they're like this is shit this is it, whatever everything else is shit yeah um, you know you could say oh, people who go running every day and like oh, look at their form it's horrible and yeah. people who only do yoga and doesn't, don't do chin ups or whatever like it's and a really good quote I was studying kind of Gabor Mate stuff a while ago do you know yeah. Gabor Mate yeah, amazing yeah. And he was referenced, Dahi came, uh, came up with Dahi actually on your podcast with him and he was saying that the functionality, and I'm not giving advice here, but the way Gabor Mate phrased it because he works with addicts and trauma a lot and stuff and he was like talking to a person who's become a drug addict or whatever, he's like, well done you, you found the one thing that is aiding your survival or prolonging your survival so that you can maybe seek help at some stage. Wow. So like, you know, your addiction is the thing that's keeping you alive and I'll never blame... Um, or demonize people's variation of functionality because it's a really hard word to define. People like functional fitness. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Functional fitness is whatever you need in that moment. Yeah, and it, and as you grow and as things change, which they do every day, um, life is just a constant state of flux. Movement, it's all the stuff coming back into the same kind of principle. It's like how could you give out somebody who's in their bedroom getting a six pack when they're sixteen years old? Who gives a shit if it's functionally? The person's probably interested in getting a girlfriend or a boyfriend or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bicep curls. Person's probably lonely in the gym or yeah. has seen somebody else do it. Person doing a handstand. Um, person doing whatever looks functional could be the most unfunctional thing. Like you know, what's functional? Someone on a bosu ball spinning around. Jumping. Maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe the person just craves attention on Instagram. So yeah. you know, very important as I mature to not judge an individual person demonize it a, a thing more so look of like well one who is the person why are they doing it and then think what's the good in that and if they're looking for something they've opened the door to being guided like yeah. we're saying a, a coach will hold space and guide you towards that but if they don't ask for it and they're happy go ahead or if they're not happy but they're still not asking for it it's functional for them do you know what i mean I so do. we're all, we don't force yeah. we don't force anything on anybody we really don't yeah but we are who we are and so when you come into our space, you can expect it. You'll feel it straight away. You'll see it within like one class or two. You'll know what the vibe is. It's social. There's laughter. There's always work. 
but we don't sacrifice either for you know the other one or whatever um, and we have the framework which is human movement layered with training because they're both very different things and, okay. and we're not too far one way because you can't you'd have to be in a clinic setting to, to go into the details uh, I mentioned Anthony Claffey dear friend of mine amazing movement based physio who practices anatomy emotion I don't know if you've heard of that I have Gary heard Ward. of anatomy emotion yeah amazing like just astounding and it's it's basically literally anatomy in motion so you're not looking at a cadaver lying down and thinking if I electrically stimulate the bicep the arm moves it's actually well the joint moves the muscles move around how could you control all of the muscles involved here yeah so what can we do we can create space in joints so that's like it goes really really deep if you think about the complexity of our feet you know, each foot and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But if you look at pronation and supination, you've got two ends of the spectrum of movement. If the person can't do one, then they're living off center. So if you're looking at you know, just restoring human movement, like a clinic setting, like with someone like Anthony or a really good practitioner who can literally get your space back in your joints as it moves up the chain or whatever. Um, and then you can do what you want with it. So functionality for me is always going to be connect with the person first. Um, like meet them where they are, know who they are, um, then see how they move and then what's possible. And, and hopefully in that order. And it's happening concurrently anyway because we can only get to know somebody in process. We can only get to see them move, oh, sorry, <laughs> in process and we can only work on what's possible over time anyway. Yeah. So, and things change. People change, like membership change. Some, someone's like, I want to go on the unlimited membership now. I love this. Or I need to drop down and busy. Or I don't want to do handstands anymore. I want to focus on fitness for a while. <laughs> who are we to tell somebody what to do? But we know that like... Um, God, I can talk. Trying to work this on things that are... Yeah. <laughs> People don't expect to come on here and listen to 15 minutes. But we, we go very much on principle. And what, what I've tried to work on is things that are undeniable and inseparable. It's undeniable that we want good relationships, manage the stress levels, hydration, sleep, nutrition, stuff that people know you could you know, beat the drum forever. Uh, things that are inseparable, how you, how you move in your body, uh, how you fuel your body, uh, how you navigate your environment, choosing your environments. Yeah. It's all connected. So... And it's back to you were talking about a doctor can't do all that work in 10 minutes. Well, what can we do as business owners? We can choose our model. So if you know that something is yeah. working or not working or you you see the world a certain way, well, if you're going to live a truthful life, then you model your life to do that. Just like I've changed my, my work hours to be a present parent since I became a dad. It's like, well, I want to be around. I know how important this is. So now I move my work days. I spent, when Lucy was younger, two days with her. She was in crash for three and now we have a second daughter and stuff. And... To this day, like we're shaping everything to, to um, put your money where your mouth is basically, right? What's important to you? Do it. Yeah. Don't don't be the sheep who's going uh, school, college, job, hate my life, gone. And, and it goes that quick. Yeah. Big time, yeah. yeah. What's up? Just a quick one to remind you that today's guest is the mighty Andy Myers from the Movement Studio. And we're chatting handstands and coffee, movement, sets and reps, fluid strength and more. You can find all the details from this episode at www.primal.ie forward slash Andy Myers or drop us a DM on Instagram at Primal Pro P-R-Y-M-A-L-P-R-O to get in touch. That, your, your, your explanation of functionality there was brilliant. I love that. Love that. I'm going to listen back to that a few times and I'm going to steal that. You're going to hear that in many podcasts to come in the future. <laughs> but what you just said there, that's something that's really close to my kind of heart at the moment in terms of if you want something, do it. Because I preached this for years. Years and mm. I worked in a, in a functional medicine environment and I'd help people and I'd coach people and all that kind of stuff. And even over the last couple of years doing the podcast and talking to people and stuff like that, I'd always, I love this self development, personal growth stuff. And I'd, I'd spit it out and it would all come out and it'd sound brilliant, it'd sound great in a podcast. And it's only recently I'm sitting down um, and I have a coach as well and I have people who are helping me with this, but it's only recently I'm sitting down saying the amount of bullshit I tell myself because I know, I, I think I know what I want. 
and I say all these beautiful things, mm. but actually putting things, actually putting things in place and being that person is a totally different thing than just saying this stuff and reading the book and read, oh, I read Atomic Habits by James Clear. I haven't read Atomic Habits, but <laughs> amazing book. But 10% of people actually understand that you have to implement this stuff mm -hmm. and you have to create a framework for yourself and build an environment. You built the business, you built the rules, you built the ethos, you built the field, the community, the tribe. And you're now, now people are gravitating towards that and they're coming through your process. But you had to build that. That's just as important for the individual and the person. You have to actually build that and implement it. And even when it doesn't make sense to you and doesn't feel good and it freaks out, if that's what you say that you want, you have to actually do it and keep doing it and become that person. It doesn't just happen because you read the book mm. or because you listen to the podcast. And that's something that I'm learning. And it's it's really, when you're talking now, that's really poignant, it's really resonating with me because I'm only now realizing how much bullshit I told myself for years and years and years. I, I'm, not, I'm not flogging myself for that. It's just what we do as human beings yeah. and we're looking around and comparing ourselves to other people and oh yeah, yeah, we're all doing this. And you tell tell lies to other people, tell lies to yourself and you live, you live in this world. But the reason I brought up sea swimming earlier on, the reason handstands and coffee is on your chest there is because people are actively searching now. People mm -hmm. are aware. There's, there is this awakening and now happening with people. People are starting to ask questions. They're looking for something. Yeah. And people like yourself and now myself and, and everyone else in our communities and tribes are trying to help facilitate that. But we're only learning ourselves in the back end. Mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to figure that out. But I love... I love how you've explained that in terms of a business because that's just an extension of you. The movement studio is just an extension of you. Yeah. It's it's your, you've built, I, we're sitting in this room, right? This studio here. I built this because I thought it was cool and I wanted to sit in it. That was the kind of the first thoughts. It was a little bit selfish. I was like, I want to sit here and have <laughs> good conversations. And that naturally grew into, well, maybe other people want to do this as well. And I run other people's podcasts now and then they say the same things, but it's an extension of me, this mm -hmm. room is, because I want this growth. But it's taken until really recently to realize you have to actually do it. Just like I said, with the splits or if you're trying to get your first chin up or mm. if you're trying to do a handstand. Like, again, great example for me. I've been talking, oh, I want to do a handstand for years. Mm. Why can't I do a handstand? Because I haven't actually done the work or seek, sought out somebody who could show me the steps and implemented that myself. So that, that explanation is really, really powerful there. So I, cool. I love that. Uh, I love that environment that you're creating for people. Um, do you experience when, when people come into you, do you, f you obviously get to know them very well? The type of people you probably see people from all walks of life, mm -hmm. or or is it a certain is it one certain type of person? No, a very diverse membership. It's again, it's important. Has yeah. that changed over the last decade in terms of the type of? <coughs> now I know you haven't been maybe in the space that you're in right now for the last decade, but have you seen people's attitudes change? The type of people who are coming to you, what they're looking for. Have you seen people more open to certain mm -hmm. uh, guidance and coaching than before? I think, so again, back to that, we have a very diverse membership and that's very important to me, like yeah. very inclusive. We don't fit anybody into a stereotype. Yeah. Um, there's a lovely quote from Adam Robinson and typically people see the negative side of this is that when all you have is a hammer, all you'll see is a nail. 100%, yeah. But if your hammer is your strength, you're looking for nails, right? So if the movement studio is who I am and what I'm doing, okay. well, I need the type of person who's open to this type yeah, of training, yeah, yeah. much like you need your type of person. 100%. It's a really lovely reframing of, of that quote. It's like, I am who I am. I do what I do. I believe in what I believe in. So I just need the type of person who's in here not to be hammered, <laughs> to, be, to be part of what we can offer. Um, can I ask a question? Sorry, just go before on. we go on. Do you think that potentially might lead to an echo chamber, I suppose? You are super confident, I know now, in, well, maybe not. I mean, it sounds like you're super confident in the direction that you're taking now. I don't, you're not there. There was no there. Mm -hmm. You're on the journey. We're all on the journey. Yeah. But you're, you, you're very, 
you exude a, a kind of an understanding of the the journey that you're on now. But maybe ten years ago you didn't. You didn't know where you were going or what you were doing. Yeah. Um. Do you do you think that by just con- constantly surrounding yourself by the same type of people, that's that c- could create like a bias, or y- you might get again, you you might unconsciously go back to that elitism, I suppose. Uh, you used a different word earlier. I can't remember what you said, but when you get caught, oh, I am a, a movement guy, specialist, now, or a specialist, or, yeah. or like even <coughs> even the, one of the kind of more recent ones. I'm a vegan, right? And then everyone else is not a vegan <laughs> is judged, and now I'm judged because everyone else hates vegans. Like I don't mm-hmm. hate vegans or anything like that, but it's just an example, and um, where you can get kind of get trapped in that mindset. Yeah. Is there a danger of, by surrounding yourself by those the same type of person as you constantly all the time that you could drift back towards that? I don't think so. One, I'm, I'm acutely aware of it. Um, two, I, I was actually going to bring up as well. It, it's our bubble. I understand and yeah. fully acknowledge that. And it's only if I was to go to like a, a fly fit or whatever it may be, like which I haven't done in years. But the time I would have went to a friend of mine, I'm like, oh my god, all this stuff still exists that people are doing. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Because it's so easy to forget. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're that bubble. Um, but that that microcosm is how we see the world. Like, so it's very important to protect that. Yeah. But on the side of bias, we've an extremely, and I don't know if this is the right way to say the word, but a non-hierarchical way of doing things. Okay, so I like I, I'm not anybody's boss in the studio. Like we're peers, we have different roles, different coaches do different things. Um, I lean on them, they lean on me, as in lean into each other, not rely on each other. Um, we're also very fortunate to have a good amount of members who are teachers in of their own right. So like Kerry Gaffney, Simply Movement, lives just down the road, remember? Down the road from us. Um, somatics, Feldenkrais, Anatomy of Motion, you name it. She's got a list of... That's like, the first time I've heard of somatics outside of... Co- Colm, uh, Collie was on. Okay. Do, do you know Colm? No. Colm McDonald was on with me. I um, <coughs> can't remember what number the episode was, but uh, he's he's very, very passionate and very well educated and very well trained in somatics, but it's not something you hear of quite re- very regularly. Mm. I talk to Collie about it all the time and I've practiced a little bit of somatics too, all down to Collie. But that's interesting, the first time I've heard it now outside, yeah. of, outside of Collie, yeah. So again, we're having like no, no hierarchy in the class. Like I joke about it sometimes, like I'm literally here to make sure nothing goes on fire because again, the framework and the culture should take care of most of the things. It's okay. an ecosystem of well-being. I'll, I'll, I'll explain something and Kerry will be looking over at me and I'm like, is that all right? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> or, or she'd be like, yeah, or, but you could do this. Or back to pole girl, Catherine. Um, like if she's in Saturday class, she's a really well experienced, strong pole dancer, graceful, fluid movement, floor work practitioner, teacher, yeah. like can do so many things. All the girls are getting the shout-outs today. <laughs> um, and she, she'll she just like be like, or like she'll just cut me off and be like, or we could do this. I learned this before. And, and she'll say, and like, hold court, that's your space, go for it. So very, very, very humble approach to things. I'll never stop learning. I'll never stop challenging and actually, that's something that may have come across over the years of like saying, being willing to be honest about something like, I don't believe in that, that shit because da da da. That would never be me bashing CrossFit or bashing bodybuilding or whatever. That's me bashing biases for myself. Yeah. Probably doing it too out loud, but that process still goes on maybe a little bit more internally now. Just question everything. Don't be a sheep. Yeah, um, so yeah, that yeah. will never happen. And and again, back to the culture and ecosystem, I've instilled that culture into the place where the coaches should be like that. The members should know that they can ask a question at any stage, huge part of the process. Uh, if something doesn't sit right, doesn't make sense, back to it, it depends. We're not going to give finite answers. We will say, based off human anatomy, your body should be able to do this. Based off capacity, you can train it to do this. So where Brian Movement 201 comes in is like the malleability of the human body is like train in the attributes you want to, to do. And where anatomy and motion comes into it, which Anthony does, Gary Ward is the creator of that, um, is 
this is the truth of a body in motion based off your gait cycle, how you're meant to walk, the phases of how things are meant to happen in sequence for whatever joint motion you're meant to have and whatever space you're meant to have. So we can anchor ourselves by what we deem to be true, then what's in front of you. Okay. And then what's the mood in the room and what's the actual question? And I'll always teach out loud. So if there's 10 people in the room, whatever, I, I could be talking to you, but I'm talking to everybody so everyone can hear it. And it may make sense for somebody. Uh, it may not make sense for another person. Like, it's like, this is not absolutely not for you, but this is for you. And if it makes sense to anybody else, feel free to dig a little deeper. So it's, it's really, and again, it doesn't get, it sounds like all we do is talk, whatever. It doesn't get in the way of training. Like it really doesn't. Um, but that's the type of vibe we have going on. Like it's, it's, you have people from all walks of life. Like, oh my goodness, pardon me. <laughs> oh, he's done it, ladies and gentlemen. No. The um, mortal sin, the founder of the podcast. Um, sorry. So yeah, um, I, I really bounced topics here, but Kanye had previously said years and years ago, if, let's just use different ends of the spectrum. Like, let's say if a, a poor black man got into an elevator with a rich white man, but they talked. What would he learn? What would he learn? Yeah. If a person in a wheelchair got in a lift and it was with a 92-year-old um, survivor from whatever, what would she learn? What would he learn? Like, you know, so that really stuck with me because we've got everybody from people who played Glastonbury when they were 18 to people who uh, went to live in Paris when they were 17 to uh, high-end accountants. To, you name it, right? Yeah. Like, you name it. You know yourself, like, in a jiu-jitsu class in any form, you're going to see a broad spectrum of people. Who am I to impress upon people what I think of the world? I'm there to learn from them as well. And that's the, the reciprocity or the, the selfishness around it. And that's why you, you grow from what you do and I've grown from what I do. Yeah. I need that space for me also. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, that fair? Is, that, uh, sorry? is that fair? Like, yeah, that absolutely. 100% yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. And it actually, it's nice to be able to look at this outside the movement spectrum because um, or, or the whole kind of physical fitness and health spectrum because if you think about the way many people live their lives nowadays in their jobs um, and again this is not a quit your job and go be independent kind of speech but do it you, <laughs> definitely do if you look at a lot of those environments yeah. it's it's completely the opposite when you go into say a corporate environment it's completely the opposite what mm -hmm. you just described because there's a very clear hierarchy you are a number mm -hmm. and, a, a, and a, a position in that company or organization yeah. now i know a lot of the modern companies try and maybe tart that up a little bit like the facebooks and the googles and i've, I've no problem with facebook and google mm -hmm. but the, with all the kind of the niceties and you're a googler and it's the family and all that kind of stuff but you are a position in a company and you, you don't out overstep your bounds you have a job to do and i have a huge amount of respect for people who have those type of jobs because they're difficult i can't do them they're mm -hmm. difficult to do is why i'm sitting there like um it's not to say that they're not good jobs you shouldn't do those types of jobs or anything like that but an understanding that the environment is not necessarily conducive to you being the happiest person you can be mm -hmm. is very important for people i think because that's what i believe has now led to like you keep going back to it the sea swims and more people coming to your classes or tuning in online for movement and for it's people kind of are realizing that if they do work in those environments and all they have is the weekend to recover mm -hmm. and the week to go into their hierarchical kind of I am this position in the company. That's my identity now. It's 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 very easy or sorry, it's very evident now to me that a lot of people are realizing it's not enough. Mm. I'm feeling I'm not feeling good here or there there is. And I, I'm careful how I use the phrase mental health because it's such a broad spectrum of stuff. But there's a lot of people not feeling good at the moment. Mm -hmm. COVID aside, that didn't help, definitely. But a lot of people, even the last five years leading up to that, I worked with these people coming into the clinic all the time. Mm. It was a big part of what we did was helping people who weren't feeling good. And there didn't necessarily seem to be anything wrong with their lives. 
good jobs, mm-hmm. family, and people who cared about them and, and routines and all that kind of stuff. But there was something, there was a hole there, was something missing, and it started spirals with some people, and people don't feel good, and then there's mm-hmm. all sorts of mental health issues and stuff like that, and it's everywhere nowadays. Most people struggle a lot of the time, which is normal, by the way. It's mm-hmm. normal to struggle, but more than what I would think we should be struggling, given that we live in an amazing world with everything that we could possibly want around us compared to the last 500 years. Mm. Um, so that environment, I think listening to you explain the movement studio there and that environment where it's everybody learns and it's a community and there's not necessarily a hierarchy we're all learning off each other and we're all moving towards a similar purpose here we all want to move better and feel better and live longer and all that kind of stuff is in stark contrast to me to the way a huge percentage of people live their lives now if they don't have something like your classes or your courses um, because that routine of I am in the system every single day and that is who I am is not good for a human being, I don't think. Mm -hmm. We're designed to be in tribes, yes. We're designed to work together, yes. There is a hierarchy naturally that evolves with this kind of stuff, yes, Mm -hmm. obviously. But I think something like this, and this is what's lovely about what you do is because even if I do work in a corporate environment and I work for Facebook or I am an accountant or I am any one of these jobs that that, uh, you're kind of in that kind of more rigid structure, I can still come four times a week to your class and satisfy a little bit more of that personal development mm-hmm. and grow. And maybe that will spark me to make other changes in my life. But I kind of always say it, physical health <coughs> and movement and fitness is a really, really, not easy, but it's a simple place for people to start. If people listen and go, yeah, I don't feel good. I have a job. I don't hate my job. Mm. But I don't feel good. Where can I start? What can I do? And they're not really into the journaling and the therapies and the personal. They're not there yet. They're not ready or open for that yet. Mm-hmm. Something like a movement class is such a great place to start because, number one, who are you surrounded by? Mm. Other people who are doing the same thing. People like yourself who are leading this and facilitating this. And you're bound, something's bound to rub off there. And number two, you're moving better. And immediately you're going to feel better because we know the direct link between if you move well, you <laughs> physically feel amazing all the time. I was a gazelle the other day <laughs> and I don't feel bad most of the time, but I, was mo- I moved well and I, f- I felt amazing because I was moving better. And there's obviously a link that tells me, right, your body's moving good. You're doing good, pal. Doesn't matter what else is going mm-hmm. on. If you're moving well, you're doing well. Yeah. So I think something like that is such a nice place for people to start if they're listening and they're like, yeah, I kind of don't feel great, but like I'm not quitting my job. I don't want to start a business or anything like that. I don't want to do any of these mm-hmm. meditation or journaling things. Move. Yeah. Bit of movement. Even if you don't go and join a class, bit of movement. Follow follow Andy on on, on Instagram and just learn how to do so because it's infectious. What yeah. happens all of a sudden is you kind of get addicted to moving and feeling good, and you, that grows into can grow into anything. Mm-hmm. So, so I really like that. Um, something I wanted to ask you about uh, your thoughts on longevity in terms of the importance of, as you said it there, moving well and being strong and physically fit and healthy and longevity. Because there isn't necessarily something I've mentioned before is when people think about healthy, oh that that guy's real healthy. They think of traditionally the marathon runner mm-hmm. or the bo- even the bodybuilder because they're looking at someone and it's physical perfection, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that they're looking at. Oh, that person's in great shape. They must be really healthy. And I know for a fact because I worked on many of these people, <laughs> and you probably did as well over the years. It's actually in most cases not not it's not specifically a rule, but in most cases anyone who's achieving the elite 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 of endurance or physical pushing their body to physical limits, they're actually not that healthy. They're incredibly fit, mm-hmm. but they're not that healthy. So how does do you have a longevity kind of tint or feel or part of your programming or your ethos? Is that kind of part of the yeah the whole very point? much so yeah, yeah. yeah again back to shaping the fitness industry the way we want like we hate the 
bullshit emotionally blackmailing ad copy of six weeks red, eight weeks red, that like constant just perpetuating a cycle. So stop it. Um, so for us, if you look at anybody who's performing extremes, what's the cost on the other side of it? So somebody who's a successful businessman or businesswoman working 14 hours a day. Okay, well, where's the time with your partner, with your kids, with your whatever? Where's your time for movement? Uh, someone who's a bodybuilder, okay, uh, do you have cardio capacity and whatever it may be? Um, and again, these are choices, not demonizing. The marathon runner. That I was just going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing is f- stages of life. Like, again, you bounce off a motorbike when you're in your 20s. You bounce and get a little bit injured when you're in your 30s, late 30s to 40s, like, I'm not bouncing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, not to impress on 20-year-olds, we don't, like, they don't stay. You know, they're flaky. They're not, they don't need the stuff we're doing. 30-year-olds, yes. 40-year-olds, yes. 50, late 50s, yes. Strength, mobility, capacity, understanding your body. Um, It's a thing that you can't deny. Yeah. You can kind of deny it when you're in your 20s slaying your dragon stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. would you preach to somebody who's just, you don't need it. So, it's interesting that as we become a certain age, we're like, I've got to figure it out. You only have a figure it out for your, like, for your right age now. group. Yeah, 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 you can't say that to somebody else. And it's an, it's an interesting kind of existential thing of like, I can't actually change the cycle of life and what people are going to go through and yeah. as my daughter grows up and whatever it may be, we're all going to live life. And and you want the life where you've got bumps and bruises in your 20s and heartbreak and like all that stuff. That's life. Um, so at some stage, um, and I think realistically around 30 or so you really should be looking at a, a holistic practice so just acknowledging being educated around things like good relationships uh, having difficult conversations with people so you can grow with them um, which is really important I'm probably far away from the mic sorry no, okay. um, uh, a physical practice uh, one that nurtures and strengthens so um, part efficiency part resilience which again could be like movement or mobility versus strength um, attributes that keep you entertained because all we're doing is passing time at the end of the day yeah, which yeah. again is very existentially again but it's like uh, we're all what are, from the moment we're born right so yeah. like we're passing time so what do you want to fill your time with and yeah. do you want it to fuel a life where you can live your purpose like you're saying yeah. people have that hierarchy kind of I know my place in my tribe and in the world um, so it's a lifestyle at the end of the day and again you could bang the room about sleep hydration people know all they these things yeah. yeah so yeah. so the, the beauty of life is just in the living and I think the difficulties the the challenges which we seek you don't want to get bored and I always had a problem with people who wanted to like settle down like when I was younger to see friends of mine and you know want to have a baby settle down get a house then what like that's it like that space just you have kids you'll have another kid just settle down and there's still a lot of living in that and all that I know as well um, but there's so much living to do <laughs> yeah. and life would either happen to you or happen for you depending on if you make your choices carve your path and meet whatever obstacles come in the way or whatever opportunities um, versus stuff just happening to you because life's going to happen anyway. So so longevity is just choosing your lifestyle, choosing your, even if it was like in this day, I work, I train, I, you know, and I know what kind of stimulus I'm getting. It's just, it's all lifestyle and just acknowledging the things that actually matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, people can do whatever they want, mm-hmm. whatever they want. And this is, you're not preaching, I'm not preaching, but I do know for a fact that if you're physically fit and you move well and you're strong, you're going to have a better life. Fact. Mm-hmm. And anybody who denies that is someone who is in denial because they, maybe they're not in the shape they want to be right now. So they just deny it. No, mm-hmm. it's not important to me. I don't need to look good or feel good. False. I'm going to say that right now. With all my, everybody wants to feel good. Mm-hmm. And we know that when you move well and you're physically fit and you're strong, you feel good. Yeah. So 
all the other nuances to your life. Yeah, people are so different, so many different circumstances, so many different. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the basics of being an animal, a human being. If you move well and you're physically fit and you're healthy, you feel good. And that's what people want at the end of the day. And you can apply that to anything. If you want to get a six pack, why do you want to get it? So you look good and you feel good. Nothing wrong with that. If you want to do a handstand, why do you want to do that? If you want to get, if you want to have loads of money and a nice car and a nice house, Again, th that gets a hard time. There's nothing right. Why do you want it? Mm -hmm. To feel good. Everything boils down to we want to feel good. And one simple recipe, not easy, but simple recipe, is to move better, to be fitter, and to be healthier. And you will feel good. So I think it's 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 a difficult conversation to have sometimes because you start to fall into all these different traps. You're fat shaming. I don't have the time and you're making me feel bad because I don't have the time to be fit. That's not what I'm, I'm not saying any of those things. All I'm saying is it's an undeniable fact that if you're fit and healthy, yeah. you're probably going to live longer, but you're going to enjoy every single day. And like, I'm, I'm going to use that most recent, because I believed it for a long time, that most recent story of me being a gazelle, I felt so good. <laughs> I enjoyed the training session. I don't necessarily enjoy training all the time. If I'm not feeling good, everything's achy and painy. I'm 33, I have a few niggly injuries. You're always playing sore. But on Tuesday or Thursday, whenever that was, that didn't matter because mm. I felt really good. I moved well. I felt good. I felt good afterwards. Everything about it, I felt good. And there was loads of stuff going on in my life. But that helped me feel better. Yeah. So it, it, it's definitely in terms of when I think about longevity, I don't want to live forever, but I want every day as much as possible mm. to be a good day. Now, every day is not going to be a good day. But if I have a practice like a movement practice or something that makes me fit and healthy, I know that more days are going to be slightly better than slightly worse. And the more I do and the more I find things, maybe maybe for me, it's going to, to handstands and coffee. Maybe for someone else, mm. it's doing three sets of 12 every every day in, in the gym. Whatever it is that makes you feel good and makes you move better, if it's if it's making you fitter and healthier and move better, the chances are you're going to be a happier person. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's true for 100% of people. I don't think there's any exceptions that it really, really, unless you've got some strange illness or um, yeah, some chronic pain or something like that. But even with chronic pain, mm. we don't really understand it that well. And one thing I've seen consistently for 20 years is even people with chronic pain who are told don't do anything you said when they move better their pain starts to go away yeah. a little bit and when they feel better their pain starts to go away and a huge amount of chronic pain is connected to, to psychosomatic issues with the brain and reinforced patterns and stuff mm -hmm. like that and it starts to go away so again I'm struggling to find examples of people who won't do better by moving but who won't have better lives yeah. overall no matter what you're trying to achieve in your life <coughs> if you move better you're fitter and you're healthier you're probably going to feel happier yeah and longevity is that's what it means to me like yeah and there's also a tipping point there where strong is strong enough uh yeah like what are you getting fit for yeah doing mobility for mobility's sake like you know there's, yeah. there's a tipping point there where like okay so i'm fit i'm healthy where else can i put my attention in my life as well like or am i just beating strength into the ground because it's my identity and i need to be stronger that's so a good point there's actually. always those tipping points like and, and orbiting yourself around center um which again is like you know well, it's an ancient principle, obviously, but anatomy motion is talking about if you're operating from center, you've access to like everywhere on the continuum or the spectrum, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah. But those are all choices for each person to make as well. So it's all subjective. Looking good is obviously hugely subjective. Yeah. So you're getting into like trauma, self-esteem, like the whole shebangs and all yeah, this. Yeah, so yeah. But that's important as well. Continual. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke. To, I actually spoke to, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up because you mentioned it there. I spoke to uh, Neil O'Keefe. Is a he's a trainer who's local in Malahide here. And uh, he came on, we had a good chat in the podcast. And Neil's business is based around transformations, physical transformations. And I asked him, and he was very, very candid and, and open about it. He does have a very good understanding of a, a holistic sense of wellness for his clients. 
but he also uses the transformation as a sales a sales pitch essentially to get people in the door. And I, I asked him about it, and he was he was very honest and open about it. He said, "Yeah, it is a sales pitch because he he he's trying to stand out in a world where everybody's selling something, mm-hmm. and people are attracted to looking good." So. He brings them in off the promise that I'm going to help you look better, not yeah. like this person or this person, but look better. And we explored it a little bit. And like, I'm not a big aesthetic guy, and I used to be a basher of ah, bodybuilders, ah, they can't mm-hmm. move well and they can't run well. And I've completely stopped that now mm-hmm. because sometimes I get those thoughts, like you, I still get those thoughts because I'm in this world now and I'm surrounded by people like you and Brian and Rob and Zal mm-hmm. movement, and I'm, I'm really getting into that and. Um, and it's very, very easy to slip into, oh, well, you're not doing this, so maybe you're wrong. Or mm. yeah, that guy's more muscly than me, but yeah, he probably can't run as fast as me. Like that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. Petty. <laughs> it's petty, yeah, but it's how the human brain works. But yeah. it's comparison syndrome. Yeah. So I spoke to Neil about this and he explained, yeah, but when his clients come in, he has a very holistic approach and it's, mm-hmm. it is really, really client-centered. And he explained it to me, he's like, do you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Because I was half in my head, I was like, am I going to bash him on this now about yeah. the transformations? But he, he, he kind of said, yeah, it's a tool I use and maybe I'll refine it and I've changed things I've done over the years. So, and I'm like, oh, yeah. never had to say it. I was like, okay, that's, that's fair enough. And then I was like, looking good, there's nothing wrong with looking good mm-hmm. unless you're only trying to look good because other people look good. Yeah. If it's a comparison thing and you have this crippling need to look good and you're sacrificing what you actually want and love, to, like, no one has to look good and have a six pack and have mm-hmm. whatever. But if you want to look good because it makes you feel better for yourself, I think that's important. I think yeah. it's an important thing to... Now, it's a very small part of the fitness sphere as I see it. I obviously put a lot more weight now in, in mobility and strength and all that kind mm. of stuff. But looking good is important. No one doesn't want to look good. And mm-hmm. anyone who... T- again, another one of these absolutes, which I shouldn't really do, but anyone who tells you they don't, they don't want to look good for themselves is probably not answering that question honestly enough because everyone wants to feel good about themselves now the danger we have which I understand is a very grey line is every time you pick up the phone there's people on there who look amazing mm. and they got there through whatever their lives are completely different and it's unachievable for most of us what they do and they're full time athletes or whatever there's all sorts of stuff going on there if you only want to look good because this is telling you you have to look good there's yeah. a problem there obviously there's yeah. an issue there but I think it's an important part of the whole equation yeah and, and movement training shouldn't ignore that so again for me because I don't do nutrition coaching like we have our okay. coaches there who handle it and stuff um, coffee is this the extent of nutrition training <laughs> really good coffee art yeah. Um, yeah we should we should not neglect that person's want to look good or lose some weight or whatever because any part of anything can be a catalyst for everything else it's like that one domino that makes everything else yeah. fall into place um and I probably ignored that for a long time as well, just because I don't like getting into nutrition stuff. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm not leading by example, whatever. Like I, there's a certain stage I want to switch off and not be that person. I'm not like a role model person. You know your I, contribution, you know where it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I'm a person who collect, connect and be honest with people. I, okay. don't, I don't give a voice where I'm not an expert in things. Um, nutrition, like anything else, it's, it's a deep topic enough and I haven't got time oh, yeah. to, to go deep into it. Um, so yeah, again, not not to demonize, um, but also not to ignore any facet because it, it's all inseparable and connected from from basically gut health functionality yeah. to what's going to come through in your body and be displayed by your body because your body keeps the score on everything you do. Um, to, to just just that, like, geez, if I was six kilos lighter, I'd probably get my chin up quicker, would I not? I'm like, well, yeah, you would actually. So like, again, there's nothing wrong, but it's... It's our job to facilitate what, what helps the person in the moment and, and hopefully educate just to at least give a sense of probably longevity or it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an ongoing conversation, I think, which is something we kind of talk, talk about a lot. Yeah. yeah, even that chin up, the whole thing is mm. so nuanced. You're going to need to lose six kilos to get that chin up. Mm. Okay. 
so what's the conversation now? Do you actually want that chin up? Yeah. Well, then the fact is you have to lose the six kilos. Mm. But if you don't want a chin up or you really don't want to lose the six kilos, let's not do the chin up. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out what else do you want. But if it's the chin up and you really want that chin up, here's the steps we take to get the chin up. Yeah. So in no part in our conversation is there shame about the six kilos. And mm-hmm. there shouldn't be. You are the way you are for whatever reason. It doesn't really matter. Yep. You are the way you are right now. And that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And if you're 20 stone overweight or five stone underweight, that doesn't, it's completely irrelevant. You are that person. Own that and be proud of who you are. There was something happened to get you there. Yeah. It, but that's irrelevant because now you're here. But that part I feel is lost in the conversation with, with a lot of people. I think mm. any any talk around the six kilos to get the chin up is shame. There's mm-hmm. shame attached to that. There shouldn't be any shame attached to that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna come over now and do a class with you and I'm gonna walk in there and see all these people moving well. <laughs> and I'm a guy who played gaff for 20, 22 years and can barely can barely move or, or, or do an adductor stretch. And the first thing in my head, I'm like, oh God, I'm gonna be embarrassed here because everyone come. But I'm trying to there should be there should be no shame around that because right now I am this person. I'm not as flexible as I need to be, and I want to improve yeah. and I'm here. And there should be, oh brilliant, let's embrace that. And you're going to help me by giving me information. If I feel it, if I feel oppressed by you because you're telling me well Dan you're going to have to do these movements to develop your adductor flexibility mm. and that's a kind of a problem with me really it's not a problem with you so I think we need to remove a lot of that and I'm not saying you specifically but you've highlighted some of this stuff here that was an excellent point mm-hmm. with the chin up we have to remove all the stigma around that everyone is where they are right now forget what happened in yeah. the past don't, don't forget it it's, it's all, they've all been lessons it's also interesting like you're not going to walk into our studio and be like everybody, everybody's moving well we've again a broad spectrum of people who are maybe just joined a week before maybe are there for five years whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the best things I, he- um, I heard back to Anthony Claffey again, a dear friend of mine, um, he's like, your body is 100% functional 100% of the time. Your body is the genius, has all the answers to keep you surviving and thriving as much as it can based off whatever happened in your history. Your body gets along with it and it's subconscious. Yeah. So you can't consciously, I know like mobility training is quite conscious, like I'm trying to increase this and there's loads of different ways about doing things. And I know like Brian kind of even popularized all the, the cars and all that sort of yes. stuff as well. But there's so many different ways of increasing mobility, which again, they have a lovely, well-rounded practice as well. Um, but a lot of the work is conscious, but everything your body does is pretty much subconscious. So you want to be an efficient person without having to think about it. So you, any training, whether it's strength, strength in uh, movement or a particular joint or increasing capacity or creating space in your joint or your spine or whatever it is, or um, your body knowledge and awareness or whatever. The moment, like if I did something with your foot now and whatever, and uh, someone came in to rob the studio, you're going to move how you're going to move. You haven't got time to think about it. Yeah. So I love the idea that your body is 100% functional 100% of the time. And it's up to you if you want to like chip away at it like a sculpture to remove layers that are getting in the way of you moving well or build attributes. Kind of the same thing, kind of the same process. Okay, cool. yeah. but Again, it brings a very empathetic way of looking at things and yeah. like, okay, I'm doing what I can, but I'm so malleable, I can I can do what I want based okay. off the amazing human feats we we all know can happen. Yeah, yeah. Anything is possible, so it's really real. Yeah, that is good. You're probably familiar with Dr. Kelly Storetta, yeah? Yeah, years ago. But actually, I'm the same. I don't really follow a lot of stuff anymore. Now, he's obviously a very knowledgeable man, but yeah. this concept of the supple leopard is something yeah. that I just loved. I really, really loved it. Now, he got so granular with so many different things. Mm. I kind of lost. I just got lost in it. And I was like, yeah. you know what? I want to make it much more simple for myself. So I got, got really simple. But that idea of if someone comes in here now, like the whole, if people aren't familiar, the whole thing about the supple leopard is you watch the Discovery Channel, you never see a leopard stretch before he goes and attacks the prey or whatever like that. Like he's just on and then off. Yeah. And he's relaxed and supple and he's moving all the time and he's on and he's yeah. off. Um, and we could be like that, except when you break down our lives, 
90% of it is doing nothing. So yeah. I'm doing this. We're sitting right now. And yeah. You're going to sit in the car on the way. Now, I'm, I'm talking to the wrong guy here. <laughs> One of the, the movement guy. But uh, most most people, we're losing that need to move every day because we don't need to move. Anymore. We don't have to chase our food down. Mm-hmm. We don't have to, we don't have to do, fi- unless you have a really physical job, most people sit now in front of a computer. So we don't have that mm-hmm. stimulus every single day. So it's about introducing that stimulus because you want to get to a state where if someone did come in here to rob the studio, we could, <laughs> you know, I don't know, <laughs> we, we could immediately jump up and chase them and not have to do a 15 minute warm up <laughs> or a 45 minute warm up beforehand before we run after them. Yeah. And that's kind of, now, that's not everybody's goal. Not everybody wants to be able to get up and run after someone down the road. But you do want to insert goal here. Play with your children. If you don't want to have yeah. children, walk with your dog. Um, just be able to move up and down the stairs with no pain. You don't want to be 50 having a hip replacement. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever your thing is, you can you can hack, for want of a better word, you can hack that process yourself by understanding if I move more, if I introduce simple practices on a consistent, because you, you're big on consistency, I saw that as well, mm-hmm. on a consistent basis, simple things that I enjoy doing, it feels good, it's not too difficult, you don't have to go and flog yourself day in, day out and do massive hard training sessions and special, it's, yeah, it's a place you can go if that's what you want, mm-hmm. but just hack hack the environment. Yeah. Understand that you if, if you want to be able to do the things that you want to do, you can. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like we're oversimplifying it, but it is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Yeah. Little practices. Start small. Same as anything. We talk about it all the time here. If it's food, it's the same. Make mm-hmm. small changes. It's back to the power of habit again. Uh, if it's journaling, it's the same. If it's meditation, it's the same. If it's studying for an exam, it's the same. Don't do eight hours tomorrow. Do 10 minutes. And the next day, do 11 minutes. Yeah. And then do it at your own pace and build it up. But it's funny. You look back in six months to a year and... You might be that super leopard. Yeah. So beware if you're coming robbing this studio because we'll hunt you down. <laughs> um, so plans for you, Mr. Andy Myers, going forward. Do you see this going to another level? Do you see this? Do you see you bringing new dynamics and elements into what you do in the movement studio? Or are you kind of just focusing on growing or, or um, cultivating what's there at the moment? So this year we became a limited company, previous as sole trader, Brilliant. which I was telling you. So now, or the last while, it's been building better systems. So there's a bit more of scalability, more so transferability and understanding between the people who work there. Yeah, um, we have an online membership now, so that's a big Brilliant. step in that direction. So not just that we were online during COVID, yeah. like we're now back in person, but we chose now we like we have this business. It's an online membership, um, and it's X amount of classes per week. Um, really, like we weren't willing to compromise on what was important to us. So connection is hugely important. So live classes, yes, you can watch the recording, but it should feel like you're live as okay. well. And, and just all those things we weren't, this way we delayed kind of doing it. I was like, it's not, it's not the way it should be for somebody who's in training with us in Iraq or in whatever, maybe like, you know, yeah. anywhere around the world. Um, so that's a huge one. Kirsty is running that at the moment. That's been great. Um, I'm always super aware. I always forget the person's name, but there's this law. This person said where when a tribe gets to 150 people, Dunbar's number, Dunbar's number, yeah. Dunbar's so, number. Yeah. So I see the only way, and for for people, if you want to tell people what that is, to, so is that yeah? Well, do you, do you want to explain? Yeah, that? yeah. So so basically, his his theory um, was when a tribe gets to 150 people, it's when it starts to um, splinter or things go into factions and yeah. separate, basically. I always wanted, one, I never wanted it to happen, and two, the more I look at scaling, because you don't want to get your message out to people, and I'm not like, you know, I want to help a million people straight away, because I don't see that as, that would compromise me first, you know, and, yeah. and reduce it with dilute, not scale, and I don't yeah, want to dilute. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to help more people bit by bit, long long game. Um, so how do we grow without separating that number, or, or like reaching that number without it 
kind of breaking off into factions. I was like, well, maybe we can control the factions. So maybe it's like we have an online thing now. So like, there still could be 150 people yes. in the studio. There could be 150 people over there. Um, there are dear friends of mine, Jody Kennedy, opened up a space with Mark Logan called the Universal Space in Dublin City Centre. Okay. We'd love to chat to him. He's amazing. Wow. He's actually a second cousin. And we met him in hands. I met him in hands and coffee like three years ago. Really weird. He's a diamond, absolute diamond. Um, but I'm like, we really echo what each other person believes in. And he's got strengths way different to what I've got. Like he's gone deep into breath work and very interesting to do it and very interested in a lot of things. So he'd go down the yeah. rabbit hole with something, whereas I'd be like, give me the 80 I'll extract that and I'll put it in. And, you know, um, so, so, but he's got his thing. So again, our message of love and care and um, connection and tribe, that spreads. Yeah, and it's got no financial impact on me, nothing like that. But I'm like, I love it. Great. Um, different coaches teaching different classes in our space. Like they all have their own thing and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Handstands of Coffee is a brand we're going to be growing as well. It's kind of taken its time during COVID, but that's literally going to be ways for us to spread our message, not directly related to the gym. Okay. That's yeah in the background for the moment. Um, my point being is that's what the future looks like. Never, ever, ever to sacrifice the idea that the core would ever splinter. Um, had a really important thing recently where I was like, and I, I kind of hinted at the selfishness of building a tribe or whatever like that. So I, I don't know if I said it to you, but I always felt like oh, I'd be okay if she hit the fan. So I remember in Robbie um, for a coffee three weeks ago, just before lockdown, we were chatting. Uh, he always makes me cry. <laughs> He's a dick. Um, but I was saying to him just that, I was like, you know, I always said like I was building a tribe here just so if she ever hit the fan, I'd be okay and all that. And I looked at him and I was like, fuck, we just got through that year. I was like... Yeah. Holy shit, it happened. Like, you yeah, know, we, I yeah. actually realised in the last... Now, make no mistake, we were bending over backwards to provide what I would deem the best service in the world. Like, we had 23 classes a week online. We'd Anything you could ask for. So yeah. if we weren't providing a service, people obviously wouldn't stay. But still, in my heart, I'm like, we got so much support from people who stayed paying their full membership and all that sort of stuff um, based off it being a tribe and being a, a genuine community, which you can't do with a bullshit sales pitch or, no. you know, a six-week shred or whatever like that. Um, so to, to nurture those people and to pay them back forever, which is what we said we do because they supported us during lockdown. Um, and then everything else is a bonus, I think. And for like security and Richie and Keith, who's a business partner of mine, maybe a second premises, but well, for the right reasons, maybe a third. Over the side, maybe, yes. For all of us, But like all of those possibilities just kind of, they unveil themselves and we're in no rush. Like, and I'll never, ever compromise my belief in what's important. Okay. So. Yeah. Brilliant, that's amazing. And, mm -hmm. and it's just, I don't want to flog this to death, but Dunbar's number, it's a really interesting concept there because uh, essentially Dunbar's number, when the group got too big, you said it there, the message got diluted, the priorities changed, there's different different ideas. Um, it, and the, the theory was it was once you got bigger than that roughly around 150 people, they needed to splinter those people off into a separate tribe to let them do their thing because otherwise it would get too big for the tribe to be able to sustain itself for many reasons, practical reasons, ideological reasons, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But what's interesting nowadays is we can't really do that because everyone talks about when we were cavemen, we ate paleo diet. Mm -hmm. we, we can't be cavemen anymore, even though maybe we'd love to, but we wouldn't really love to because everything we have nowadays is beautiful. It's amazing, but it comes with its own issues. But what I love about what you're doing and to a certain degree what I'm doing and all the people that we're pulling into this community of massive value to offer is we're accepting and acknowledging the fact that we are now a global community. We're now, how many billion people are we? 7.6 7. Mm, 7. or something? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It's probably way off that. But we're, we're billions <laughs> and billions of people in a global community connected by the internet. There is no more Dunbar's number. It still exists mm -hmm. and it's still very important to understand that that's how the human brain works because you now look at what, what is, and I'm going to use quote unquote, uniting us at the moment. 
are you Republican or are you Democrat? Are you left or are you right? Are you on this side or are you that side? Mm. And we're joining these, thinking this is our tribe, but it's actually millions and millions of people. So we still have the same problems mm -hmm. as before. We're in a tribe who says that's our, this is our message. But it, it, you you maybe resonate with one part of that message, but now you're part of that club. So you ha you're either with us or you're against us, and you mm. have to you have to tow the company line and do everything that side says. So I'm either against you or I'm with you, and it's splitting people again. So we found our, our identity. Actually, no. Did we really? Because now we're just another group of people of millions and millions and millions of people. And that's not really what I think. But I'm part of this group. So I am a feminist or I am a, an activist or I am a whatever, whatever you are. Um, but if we can infiltrate that, we know this is happening. We know people want to join tribes. If it's going to be millions and millions of people, wouldn't it be better if those millions and millions of people were doing handstands and drinking coffee <laughs> or were working on personal growth and development? And I mean, this is kind of, and I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't even want to bring up his name because we'll end up doing another hour. But just, just to tie in the point, Jordan Peterson, I don't know if you, you're familiar with his work. Some of the stuff he says is very powerful. Some of the stuff mm -hmm. is, is, is um, I don't resonate so well with. But one of the underlying things is if a person focuses inward on themselves and their own personal development growth, the chances are we're going to have a lot less fighting out here because a lot more people have made their bed. Mm -hmm. if, and it's a simplification of, of his message, but it's something I really, really believe in. And if Andy and the Movement Studio and all these people that you've mentioned today are all coaching the same skills of find out what you want, grow mm -hmm. yourself, develop, engage with other people. Isn't that a much better global tribe than my side or your side? Different political beliefs. So Dunbar's number is important to understand. We can't go back to living in groups of 150 mm -hmm. people, fortunately or unfortunately. <laughs> but the type of tribe I would like to live in if we're going to be a global tribe is a bunch of people who are all trying to grow personally, who are all doing the, the inside work and who are accepting that everybody else is doing the same thing. So we're all just people. You might think something different than I do and you might say something different than I do. But at the end of the day, we're all people. OK, let's all do this together. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a much better tribe. And I think that's what you're trying to do. It's definitely what I'm trying to do. I know it's what Brian's trying to do. I know it's what yeah. I'm trying to do. I know it's what all these people that we surround ourselves with. And it's the reason I asked her the question. We're building our own echo chamber. But I think we're trying to set the rules so that anybody who wants to be part of it can join it and can learn and can grow and we can grow from them as mm -hmm. opposed to setting the rules to exclude people. Yeah. It's trying to set the rules to invite people in to maybe change the rules or to add to the rules mm -hmm. or to grow the rules because I'm going to learn, you're going to learn. So that was a, a weird roundabout way nice. of saying that. But that, <laughs> when I hear Dunbar's number, I'm usually like, yeah, it's so nuanced. So I like to kind of explore it out with people. But um, That escalated quickly. <laughs> <whoa. laughs> Is it hot in here? <laughs> um, Andy, that's just been a, a, a beautiful conversation. I'm definitely coming over to see you. I'm definitely going to learn my handstands. Um, if people want to reach out, if they want to find you, where's the best place? I know you mentioned if a podcast, maybe it's not as current now, yeah. but you've, you're have you very active on social. Mm -hmm. um, tell people maybe where they can find you, reach out to you, maybe come and do a class. What's the, what's the process? Yeah, what's the story? so themovementstudio.e is the website. Themovementstudio.e is also the Instagram. Instagram is the place where you'll see our story told quite live. Like we're very in, um, brilliant, interactive yeah. there and, and all that because it's just the most honest way we can tell who we are. Yeah. So again, no heavy marketing, no nothing like that. Just here's who we are. And if it interests you, that's grand. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing. Andy, thank you so much for making the journey over. Thank you. I know you had to cross the old Liffey now. The <laughs> um, really appreciate your time. We'll, we'll set up a class together now, definitely going forward. And uh, let's grow this tribe. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs> Ladies and gents, the wonderful Andy Myers. I'm looking forward to my handstands and coffee session and I'll drop some pictures of Andy's studio and my own handstand success or lack thereof on our Instagram over at Primal Pro, P-R-Y-M-A-L-P-R-O. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and remember you can catch all the details about the show and links to Andy's socials on the Movement Studio website over on www.primal.ie forward slash Andy Myers. Get moving people and I will see you all in the next episode. <laughs>